Hi, I'm Meredith. And I'm Katie. And you're listening to I'm Not Scared, You're Scared. A horror movie podcast. If you are a fan of the show, please like and follow us on iTunes and Spotify and review us. It'll help spread the word. Also, you can follow us on Instagram at I'm Not Scared, You're Scared or email us at I'm Not Scared, You're Scared at gmail.com. Joining us this, what's it, Thursday or something? I don't fucking know. I don't know what days. <laughs> it's summer vacation. Not till school starts, we'll kind of know what's what's. Yeah, then the we have home. to know. It's like, it's our job. We We're actually being paid to know. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll be like, oh, that is, um, today's Thursday. Great. Yeah. They're like, Miss Shannon, it's not Wednesday. It's Wednesday. <laughs> uh, but it is early. It is all, practically it was barely morningish, barely afternoonish. Twelve twenty-two. That's early for us. Yeah. Usually, we'll um, aim for evening so we can drink a glass of wine. Yeah. <laughs> but, and, uh, I mean, to be honest, when when Meredith time, offered yeah. me a beverage when I arrived, I toyed with the idea of accepting one a fermented one, one of the fermented variety. <laughs> um, but I declined. I'm here with my water. Yeah, I have my water too. My in my. Uh, trusty Stanley. It keeps it cold for days. <laughs> Stanley, if you want to sponsor our show, that'd be great. <laughs> they don't need sponsors. They sure don't. They're doing just fine. Okay, so today we're talking about the Hills Have Eyes, the 2005 version, and The Descent, uh, released in 2006. I thought Hills Have Eyes was in 2006 also. Uh, and Descent was in know. 2005. I think I have them backwards in my notes. Oh, well, either way. One of us has them backwards. <laughs> one of us has them backwards. But Please email we... us and tell us which one. <laughs> um, yeah. And um, like and subscribe, too. So, yeah. um, before we get started, we'll need to... Oh, yeah. we got to cover some up. what's new with you, starting with Meredith. Because it's been... I saw you yesterday. Yes. Please, God, tell me something new has happened. In so, the six waking hours you've had since... I was sleeping, yeah. Uh, yeah, I was like, I'll wake up and I'm going to run and do this. I didn't get out of bed till like, nine. That's my and girl. Then, um, I had to finish the recap for The, the Descent, yep, too. same. So yeah. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to chill with my coffee and type up my notes and peek into the first ten minutes of Descent, too, and go, nah. And then, and then, uh, and then I start my day, but... We went last night to uh, board teachers comedy show in the city, and uh, it was Katie and I and uh, four four of my coworkers yeah. from my school. And Victor, when I showed him the trailer for the tour, I was like, "Oh, they're they're coming to town. That that looks really fun." And this is last week, and he said, uh, "I will. I'll go with you if you can't find anybody." And so I texted my friend Sybil and said, "Do you want to?" go with me maybe and she's like send a a text to everybody else in our our um maybe clicky school <laughs> friend group clicky friend group teacher group <laughs> uh and see if they want to go so then suddenly i had five other people coming with me and uh, I, I said victor i don't need to you stay home and take yeah. care of the you're kids. not a teacher you won't so, yeah. get it well there's also that yeah and there's a lot of ama- really funny uh jokes the comedians were funny and um yeah, it was really fun. It was cool to go out, and, and that's a, a really cool theater, and I think regardless of where you sit, you you have a good seat in yeah, that theater. Yeah, it the Palace really of Fine Arts. Yeah, yeah, it was really cool, and uh, we saw, I saw Criminal there once, um, 
for the her show, and it was really fun. And so I was expecting kind of not the same, obviously, because we're seeing something different, but like the kind of a same experience, I think. Yeah. Um, but it was funny. We I laughed a lot. Um, I think it was generally well received by all of all of us. I think, and yeah, some were funnier than others. But for uh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> But I liked, I really liked the lady. I can't remember her name. But, Liz Bliss. Uh, yeah, she's, she's funny. She's very, very cynical um, language arts teacher of in seniors LA. in high school in Los Angeles. Yeah. And, yeah, and it seems like she didn't stories. have, she didn't have kids of her own. Yeah. And so I loved her describing the way she was relating to these teenagers because yeah. it does like you relate to students way differently if you have kids versus not have kids. Yeah. Yeah. So it was interesting to hear those experiences as a an elementary teacher yeah, yeah. with the with the tiny babies and they're they're thinking you know they call you mommy accidentally all the time and then her, her kids are calling her a fat ass, a fat ass. and she's yeah it's, it was really funny and then we went to dinner and um, that was dicey I didn't know if we'd make it to dinner because the wait was about an hour yeah. and a half when we got there. Yep. But we managed to wrangle a table in the bar. Yes. And then Victor met up with us and had a drink. Oh, great. Um, and everyone with me was like, it's so nice that Victor wants to like hang out with you. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, well, I would hope so. We're I, not I, even married yet for him to be tired of me already. <laughs> I know. As I said, uh, well, we're going to be newlyweds. <laughs> then I kind of laugh because we're not young. <laughs> you know. Well, he's young. <clears throat> he's younger than me. He's though. a little baby. Hey, hey, he's, he's only four years younger than me. Let's not freak people out. Uh, anyway, that was fun. But uh, what's new with you, Katie? Um, well, I uh, also enjoyed that show last night. I didn't um, I didn't join them for dinner afterward, um, Honest, to be f- perfectly honest, because I was still recovering from a hangover from the night before. <laughs> and by the end of the show, I needed to eat like right then mm-hmm. and when they told me the restaurant that they were going to it's one that we go to often and I was like oh shit they're not going to see food for an hour at mm-hmm. least I'm like I need to go home and feed my face right now <laughs> which I did but I'm glad that you guys still had a good time with your meal that's a really really great spot yeah um, it was fun. I, I was surprised that it was hopping so much on a Wednesday night oh yeah no it's it still serves like before so this is original Joe's of Westlake for anybody that actually lives in the area um, before original Joe's bought it and remodeled it and reopened it. It was just Westlake Joe's and it was very much just the elderly community. So dinner was hopping at four and five. And if you went at eight or nine, it would be dead. Um, But since the reopening, it has also become incredibly popular with all ages and ilks and people from out of the neighborhood and everything. I think also it's um, the hours because everyone around that area, like restaurants are closed by nine. So, you know. Well, and it's it's a nicer it's, nice. it's a nicer place to go, and without having to go quote unquote into the city. Yeah, that's so for everybody sure. that lives like in my part of San Francisco, like out in the Sunset or people in Daly City and all of that. Like, it's a place you can go where you get a city restaurant experience, mm-hmm. but it's like a five minute drive. Yeah, it's, it was, fun. and there's a parking lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So we managed to bring a table, get a table. We were eating yeah. probably within thirty minutes, maybe. Mm-hmm. Which I was surprised like, yeah. looking at everyone. It was just packed. So, but um, yeah, the food was good. Yeah, it was, it was great. So it's a good spot. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so not a whole lot is new with me. I mean, outside of going to that show and just you know 
hanging out, doing some summer fun stuff. Um, I mentioned on a recent episode that I had a list of things in San Francisco that I'd never done that I wanted to do. And on that occasion, I was talking about um, go, climbing up Mount Davidson to see the big cross that's in the Dirty Harry movie. Well, um, this week, earlier this week, there I went and visited. There is a fountain with a statue of Yoda on it in front of the um, like Lucasfilm offices in the Presidio. Mm-hmm. And um, I didn't even know it existed until recently. And I was like, well, we're putting it on the list. So. Mm-hmm. I went and um, got to visit the Yoda statue, which is it's cool. In my opinion, it doesn't really look as much like Yoda as it should. Uh, (laughs) But that's neither here nor there. Um, But yeah, haven't done much else new other than that, except watching movies for this podcast. Yay. Although, excuse me. Oh, oh, excuse me. (laughs) It's funny because I'm thinking when we were planning stuff. I'm, I'm thinking, oh, we have all the time in the world. It's this, mm-hmm. you know, so much time. And each day flies by so fast. It really, it and really the, does. And it's making me so sad. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I, I have other stuff I want to watch too. Then I get distracted and then I'm like, oh crap, I have to watch the. Well, yeah, because we've been podcast. recording more often. Yeah, that's um, true. And because, you know, during the school year, well, until just this summer, we've always only released an episode every two weeks. Um, but because we were able to record more often, now we've been doing one every week. Um, but that also means we have to record more often. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And we're seeing each other a lot more often. So <laughs> what's new is not as riveting. I know. Um, so we're boring today. Yeah. Whatever. Sorry about that. But let's what, get what into the movie do? since that is the purpose of the podcast do? after all. Okay. So I'm recapping... First, this is the descent. Um, it's not Australian. I was mistaken. Yeah, it's English. Uh, it's English or British, UK. Um, British, but I think it's because I saw the sequel at some point. Okay. And one of the characters is Australian, mm-hmm. so maybe that just stuck in my brain for some yeah. reason. Well, and these but, ones like um, there's at least one actress who's American, and then it seemed like a couple of them their accents seemed more Scottish. One was definitely Irish. Yeah. Because she even says she's from Galway. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's a it's a smattering of yeah. UK performers. Different uh different um nationalities yeah. and places. <laughs> um, so it opens. With a group of women white water rafting, uh, and there's a man and daughter there to meet them, and um, he's also the husband um, of one of the uh, rafters, and uh, he helps. And they they reach the end. They're like wee wee, and then they get to the end. <laughs> they turn into little piggies. <laughs> yeah, they get to the end of their like kind of they reach the landing. Mm-hmm. I guess is yeah. that what they're they're doing and. Uh, the husband helps one of the women, not his wife, that's Juno, uh, mm-hmm. get out of the raft. And the family, um, uh, Sarah, she goes and hugs her daughter. And then her, the husband and daughter and Sarah are on their way, you know, home. But yeah, when mm-hmm. he's helping Juno out, like there's some glances exchanged. It's it's kind of like a loaded moment. Mm-hmm. That and the, Sarah's kind of oblivious. Yeah, because she's over like hugging her daughter. She's not, you know, paying attention. Yeah, not at all. So then, uh, on the way home, this is just kind of like opening credits, honestly. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> on the um, 
Drive home, the wife asks, Sarah asks, are you okay? You seem a bit distant. And her husband gruffly, gruffly answers, I'm fine. And then he gets distracted and uh, drives head on with a van. It's kind of a, a truck of some kind yeah. with construction stuff on the top. I think it's like plumbing because that's what comes flying off the top is yeah, like cable copper pipe, piping. Copper pipes, yeah. yeah. Copper pipes fly into the windshield and they kill Sarah's husband and child. Mm-hmm. Um and then Sarah wakes up in the hospital and she has that realization that her child has died. She's quite, it's kind yeah. of, um, I think her daughter's name is, shoot, I can't remember. But she's like um, maybe eight or nine mm-hmm. looking. And she, yeah. And she's talking about the, a birthday party and stuff yeah. and birthday cake. So she, she's kind, she wakes up and keeps seeing like um, in her dreams a birthday cake and uh, light. Yeah. Like candles on top, which I'll bring up later. <laughs> but, um, so sometime later, we see Sarah and her friend Beth are driving in the Appalachian Mountains uh, to a state park called Chattooga National Park. And it's also filled with bullet holes. And they're from the UK, and they're like, oh, that's nice. Yeah. African American. Yeah, that's a big, big leap from the UK to Appalachia. Appalachia. Um <laughs> Yeah, so Beth tells Sarah they can do something else. She's she says, you know, we can go back to the back to town. We can just get drunk and go do a dance, land dancing, land dancing. <laughs> uh, and Sarah's like, is hesitant to do so because of Juno, who's their other friend, who she does the planning and mm-hmm. um, prepping for all their adventures. Uh, so then they arrive to a secluded looking cabin. Juno is out front waiting for them um, and welcomes them inside, helps them unpack. She asks Beth how uh, Sarah is doing. She's like, "How she's do? How's she doing?" And yeah. and uh, Beth is kind of like, "Well, how do you you know? How do you I think?" think. Right? Did it did it say the time gap between the accident and this? No, but she does say last year she left. Pretty yeah, quickly so after it's Scotland. been a while, but not that long. Yeah, yeah. Since so, she you know experienced this like ca- catastrophic personal tragedy. Yeah, yeah. So um, so then. They head inside, and some of her other friends are inside there. Rebecca and Sam, who's um, they're rafting. She they were there on the rafting yeah. um, trip too, and then a spiky-haired adventurer named Holly. She's she's there. She's friends with Juno. <clears throat> she introduces herself, and she's like someone who really likes to go out and try new things and adventure. Yeah, she's a thrill seeker. Yes, yeah, spelunker. Uh, they all have a drink. They get prepared for the trip. Then later that night, Holly's complaining about the um, caverns that they're going to go to, how they're just like for tourists. Tourist, yeah. And um, she says they're going to be boring. Juno says kind of elusively, oh, it's going to be awesome. Don't worry. Don't yeah, worry like about she's that. She's got a secret. She has her little little secrets. Then they kind of have like a kind of a slumber party. They're, you know, talking trash. Sarah is, you know, she's 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 enjoying herself. Yeah, she's doing okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's and they're also, all being really like compassionate to yeah. her and like kind. Yeah, and um, I think she's also trying to be okay too at the same time. Yeah. Then she wakes up in the night because of a nightmare. Um, the nightmare where the plumbing um, pipe goes through the window and crashes into her and it wakes her up. Yeah. Um, then the following morning, Juno is jogging and around rallying to wake up. It's freaking freezing and everyone's hungover. <laughs> right? Just how you want to start a caving yeah, expedition. But then they all manage to get up and um, ready to head out. Sarah takes a key. She's driving a little bit erratically saying, oh, she's having fun. And everyone's like, she's she's having fun and trying to encourage her to kind of let loose. To, and... Yeah, let loose and, and be a little more, um, you know, enjoy herself. Juno informs him um, that the 
a quote. I, that sentence doesn't make sense. Okay. So <laughs> Juno puts, you see as the viewer, and none of the other climbers see this, but Juno puts the um, cave book into the glove box, mm-hmm. which is where they were told that they're going. Yeah. Okay. Um, so then they head out and they walk through a lot of nature. Ooh, ah, fun, pretty. Trees. And then there's trees. And they get to the mouth of of a cave and it looks like a massive hole. One of the climbers, I think it's Becca, but I'm not really sure, says, I'm freaking, I'm a bloody English teacher, not a tomb raider. Yeah, tomb raider, yeah. (laughs) So I thought that was kind of funny. Then they, they gear up, they put all their gear on and then they head down and it's a very, very large cave. It's really cool, beautiful. And they're kind of like, wow, this is really awesome. And um, then Sarah gets startled by a huge swarm of bats. Uh, Holly is has a new camera. She's excited to try and starts filming around uh, the cave. Then they proceed to go further down into the cave, which, what Judo says, this is the only way out to get you know further down through the system of the cave. Yeah. And Juno uh, leads the way. They get to a bit bigger cave, and Sarah explores. Holly looks around the cavern with her camera. She seems shaken up. And, uh, or excuse me, Sarah, she, she seems like kind of shaken up and um, they have kind of a heart to heart moment. And Juno says, Juno says, I'm sorry that I left so quickly after Scotland, um, you know, and are you OK? And she just wants to be there for Sarah. But also she also has her own secrets. Yeah. Well, yeah, she wasn't. <laughs> she didn't do what a friend normally would have done in a situation when one of your like best friend's husband and child dies. And so she's apologizing for that. And like, we kind of know why, though, that yeah. she would have reacted oddly in that yeah. situation. She she apologizes. So the Sarah's like, OK, well, I'm going to get up and walk around. Yeah. And I think it makes her uncomfortable, too. But I don't think she quite knows why. Yeah. yeah. So Sarah looks for a way down in the cavern. Rebecca comments to Juno that, um, hey, this is a lot different from the book. Yeah. And uh, Juno says some kind of bullshit response. Yeah. And then plays Very it cool. Very dismissive. <laughs> yeah. She plays it cool for Sarah. Um, when Sarah says, uh, what's wrong? And she, they're like, nothing. Both of them. No. Mm-hmm. Um, then the way through is super tight and they have to take off their packs to get through them and holly wants to go through first and it's very tight and claustrophobic as she's army crawling through this tunnel yeah uh the rest of them follow suit with sarah at the end and she's hearing some weird sounds though at this point um but she's not sure what it is and as the viewer you're not sure if she's just kind of tripping out yeah because Um, we've seen her like her kind of her nightmares her vision like she's you know got ptsd and trauma and so it could just be in her head yeah, seeing things that she hasn't. And um, so she struggles. She can't breathe. Sarah, um, she she gets stuck. stuck. Uh, Beth, Beth crawls back down there into the tunnel and she, you know, rallies her. She's like, it's going to be fine. You yeah. you can move. You Beth can is breathe. my favorite. Yeah. Like, she's the best friend, like, person in this whole group and is, mm-hmm. like, really looking out for Sarah. And I love that what she says to her in that moment when she's like, you've already had the worst thing ever happen to you. Yeah. Like basically, you know, referring to the accident and everything. She's like, what What possibly worse than that could happen? Like, just take a deep breath and we'll get out of this. Yeah. Yeah. But then the cave, the tunnel starts to cave in. Yeah. And Who she saw has, that coming? Oh, <laughs> I know. And then um, they Sarah manages to get out, but she loses the big, the rope bag, the extra rope bag in the process. They finally get it out of Juno. That they are not in the cave system that they originally thought they were in. Mm-hmm. and um, But they don't have any choice but to keep yeah. going. 
Yeah, they're also mm-hmm. not in, in the cave system that they, because, like, they filed a trip report with, like, mm-hmm. the park rangers or whatever saying yeah. this. And so, you know, you do that. Like, they mentioned it in the ritual, too. Like, if you're doing these extreme outdoors things, like, you file your plan with somebody so that if something happens after a certain date, they come looking for you. Yeah. And they point out that, like, well, we're not in the caves that you t- said you were taking us to. So the report that they have is not where we are. Right. And they'd be looking in the wrong place right the wrong wrong spot so um yeah but they have no choice but to keep going and then um so let's see here sorry i'm reading about uh i love my place oh my gosh that's what you can't you can't go off book man (laughs) i know so um Juno tells them that they're the first people to go down there, and it doesn't have a name, but she wanted to name uh, the cat the system. And they're all supposed to be happy about that? Yeah, she's like, you wanted extreme adventure. Holly said it was boring, and Holly's like, don't you put this on me, Ricky Bobby. Well, she didn't, she didn't say that, but basically she said, she was like, this is... She said, oh, for fuck's sake. This is not, don't you put this bullshit on me, yeah, yeah, yeah. that you did this for me, you did this for you, Yeah, basically. Um so then um, Juno tells them that they have to keep going. They reach a spot where they have to climb and they would need rope, but it's gone in the cave-in. Becca proceeds to be awesome and goes out using her hands to place the holders for the rock climbing. Yeah, just like free climbing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's insane. Uh, all but Juno get to the other side using the ropes that um, because she wants to retrieve their gear. Um, she starts like re- releasing the clamp things and um, taking her, them with her. And in the process, um, Juno loses her grip and falls, and Sarah hurts her hand. In the end, Juno is safe, but they have um, also managed to see a lot of old climbing or old climbing gear that's mm-hmm. about a hundred years old. Uh, so they're they're basically like, oh, someone's been here before, but and, a really long time and ago, and no one's named it. Yeah. So what gives? Yeah, she's like, if they had gotten out. Then they would have had a name. And Mm -hmm. like, this is the point where the, what stuck with me, I really, really enjoyed this movie a lot. I loved Mm -hmm. the characters. I loved the story. I really had a hard time. And I think this is funny because this has come up with other movies where, you know, you have voluntary suspension of disbelief, especially when, when you're watching horror movies. Mm -hmm. Um, But sometimes you and I get stuck on small things that Mm -hmm. we have a hard time. Because I'm like, I'm here to suspend disbelief for all the horror elements. Mm -hmm. But the realistic element that I couldn't get past was that all of these women were cave spelunkers of this caliber. That all of them had the skills and experience and training and knowledge to be doing these seriously extreme caving maneuvers. Mm -hmm. And it's like they're just a group of friends. This is supposed to be their like, you know, I don't know if they were college, but they never tell you their initial connection, I think. But Mm -hmm. it's like I have a group of friends that we get together and go get drunk at a cabin once (laughs) once a year, (laughs) you know, and that's in theory is this group of friends that they get together every year, every couple of years. But they do these like crazy adventurous activities Mm -hmm. where it's like rafting I mean on a serious river you need skills and experience for rafting mm-hmm. so not only do they have those skills from that previous trip but now they're in a cave and they've got this whole like who are these women how do they all have all of these high level like one of them's in medical school where does she find the time <laughs> like it, that was the thing where I'm like I'm sorry they all know how to do this they can all climb at this level yeah I don't know I'm I 
I just assume that if you're willing to jump down that hole, you probably have the skills to back it up, hopefully. Yeah, and they all do. But that's what I I'm, I have a hard time believing that a random group of friends that do this friend trip every now and then, that all of them would have that high level of caving skills. Yeah, I so think I think no, I set uh, my piece. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I see that. I see that. But they did have a um, where Juno showed a picture of them doing other climbing stuff. Yeah, right? yeah. No, so they've maybe, done rock climbing, but it's like the fact that know. like well, last, if if the last time had been climbing too, and then this is climbing, it's like okay, they climb every time. Like that's why they're all so experienced with this thing. But last time it was rafting, so you imagine like the time before that must have been you know bungee jumping, or the time before that was skydiving. <laughs> but it's like no, they're all really like really physically fit, skilled, knowledgeable, experienced adventurers. Like they are all Tomb Raiders. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And one's an English teacher. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, so that was the, the little <laughs> element that aside from the other stuff that's about to happen, I was like, I'm sorry, I just can't accept that. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Um, so at this point, they find uh, cave paintings that indicate two entrances. Uh, so they're pretty stoked about that. Mm-hmm. They're, they're thinking um, they found the first entrance. There has to be another way out of here. Mm-hmm. Um, so then at this point, they are just looking for a way out. Holly gets crazy and runs ahead because she sees daylight. Dumb bitch. Yeah. She's like, I see daylight. And she runs off. <laughs> she just leaves. <laughs> yeah. And then she slips and falls down a big hole. She breaks her leg. And so bad. is out. Oh, oh, yeah, that was crazy. The bone is out and smiling at everyone. Oh, yeah. They make a splint. Um, so, um, and then Sarah hears some weird noises again. At this point, Sarah finds an old miner's hat while the other girls are splinting Holly's leg and helping um, maneuver her and make sure that ha- happens. Um, and like you said, one of the girls, I think it's Sam, she's in medical school. They're like, school. she's going to be a doctor. By this time next year, she'll be a doctor. Yeah, yeah. So, so they, she's that's able a good person to, to have with you. Yeah, she's <laughs> able to help Holly. Um so she, she she feels like she hears like a weird clicking sound and like skittering and stuff. And she uses her flashlight to kind of look around in the cave where mm-hmm. she is at while everyone else is very, very focused on helping Holly. And um, she sees a creature and it kind of like comes out of view again. Uh, she runs back into Juno suddenly and she, she tells Juno, I saw a man. I saw something. I don't mm-hmm. know what it was. And Juno's like, you didn't see shit. Or you didn't see anything. Um, You know, we have to just concentrate on, you know, getting out of here. Sarah's really frustrated, um, but they keep going because their priority now is just getting Holly out of there alive. um, Right. Because she's very, very injured. Holly Holly is able to stand, but she's not able to put any weight on her leg, obviously. Um, So the other two kind of have her in the middle as they walk, you know. Yeah, they're kind of carrying her, essentially. Mm -hmm. So then... um, Holly's just cursing because of her leg, and who wouldn't? Yeah. And um, and they just kind of don't really know where to go. Mm-hmm. Um, well, Juno keeps doing that thing with her lighter where you, like, hold it up to the tunnels and see which one has, like, air movement. Yeah. And so whichever one where the ha- has airflow, like that's the direction you want to go. Yeah. So, But at this point, Juno keeps trying that. She's like, I don't know where to go. Yeah. And they're like, what do you mean you don't know where to go? Uh, and then at the beginning of this before when they're in, even in the car they're like do you know where you're going Juno and Juno says I never get lost she's Ugh. such a dumb bitch what a dummy okay <laughs> at this point Becca starts freaking out and she starts to shout for help because they have found bones all over the ground and uh, she, she's this basically is freaking out bones <laughs> it's not what you want to find no and she starts and they're human out. right or they animal 
It's mostly like, animal. Um, I think it's animals. But at this point, I can't remember who has the camera. Um, who's holding it mm-hmm. and you can see the night vision yeah and you see all the girls kind of freaking out looking around looking around they're kind of in a big big cave area yeah. and there's bones all over the floor and then you see one of the creatures behind yeah. one of the girls like up in the wall mm-hmm. like up high and it attacks i can't remember who um and then it's out it's gone and everyone's like what the fuck was that oh my gosh. <laughs> and then you hear like you know noises all around because they're kind of being rallied a little bit and herded yeah. by these creatures. And there's hissing. Um, they're basically being hunted. The rest of the girls run for it. And um, someone is being uh, attacked. I think Holly, because she's injured. Juno fights back with climbing gear. Uh, she's she's trying to keep Holly's body. Holly has died, I think, at this point. Because like one of the creatures rips Gets her yeah, yeah. throat out. Um, yeah. And it's trying to pull her away. And Juno... Um, Fights for fights for her, and she kills a few. She's a badass, but then accidentally kills Beth in the process. Yeah, this scene um, was like really chaotic. I mm-hmm. was like trying to watch, and it was really hard to track not just which girl it was that you were seeing, but even like if you were seeing the girl or the creature, like because it was dark and there was just so much activity and flurry mm-hmm. of motion. Yeah, and so it was like hard for me to really pay attention to like who had run who was still there who was injured who was fighting yeah and then so it kind of makes sense that in that flurry because Juno had like that climbing axe like a pick mm-hmm. kind of thing that she was using to fight with and then just whoopsie babe goes into Beth yeah it, it yeah it goes into Beth's throat and Beth uh is like oh you know why'd you do that don't leave me and then Beth, uh, Juno like you know scuttles off yeah um like the dumb bitch she is yeah then like that dumb okay <laughs> I hate her. I hate her so much. Okay. So Holly and Beth are both presumed... Uh, Holly's definitely dead. Beth presumed dead. And the other girls are all spread out and separated. Well, they um, do. Um, two of them are to get the doctor and Becca. Becca and Sam. Sam and Becca. They're together. Mm-hmm. Juno's by herself and Sarah's by herself. Yes. Yeah, Sarah fell and she's knocked out. and she, But she has the camera with the night vision. Yeah. And at this point, she sees all of the human remains that are all around her. And she waits kind of like she kind of goes to the side and waits with the night vision camera as she she hears their creatures approaching. And it looks like that um, she's witnessing their feeding ground. Um, they dragged Holly to that spot and they're eating, like eating her and stuff. And, and Sarah watching this makes a gagging noise and one of the creatures head whips around yeah head whips around see in he can't see her the creature can't see her so it's kind of like sniffing and sniffing and then they um it kind of runs off or something so and then sam and becca managed to elude the creature um and then even even when her crappy watch starts beeping and making oh yeah, trouble. she takes it off and like throws it across. That was smart. Yeah. So like she threw it across the cave because now we like figured them. out these the creatures are blind, yeah, which makes sense if they're they cave dwelling. They can't see, so they kind of just freeze, and it's kind of a Jurassic Park scenario. Yeah, just, like yeah. freeze or predator. Yeah, don't be seen, don't be noticed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so then Juno's shouting for help, and that attracts the other creatures. And Sarah is stays very silent and stealthy as she gets um, starts making her way out of the carcass pit. Um, she retrieves some of the gear from Holly's body. She makes a torch with light lights, um, light something. I can't remember what it is. And um, sets it on fire to make her own fi- uh, fiery torch. At this point, Sam and Becca reconnect with Juno. 
and in the process kill one of the creatures, realizing that they are blind uh, and they use hearing to hunt because Sam is a doctor, as we know. She says, um, she looks at the eye, she says, oh, it's blind. She... It uses a sound like a bat to to um, hunt, mm-hmm. and um, I don't know what this is though. This yeah. is like Not some human. kind of creature. Yeah. yeah. Meanwhile, Sarah is just stepping over bodies right and left, and finds Beth, who tells her that Juno did this to her. Yeah, she, she has Juno's necklace in her hand. Yeah. She tells Sarah not to trust her and to leave her um, and to find her own way out, away from everybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, Sarah sees a charm or something, a necklace oh, with sorry. engravings. And um, Beth tells Sarah that it's Juno's and it's from Paul, who is Sarah's husband. And she says, oh, I'm sorry. You know, I'm sorry about that. Yeah. And Sarah's like, no, no, no. You know, are you freaking kidding? Uh, Sarah doesn't want to leave Beth and Beth begs for mercy because um, they hear all the creatures around and she knows that they're going to come back. So she begs for mercy to, um, you know, for uh, Sarah to put her out of her misery. So she kills her, you know, with a rock. Yeah. She's going to die down there and uh, they can hear them approaching. Then a little creature, a little junior creature, attacks <laughs> her and uh, Sarah kills it. And the mom comes and shrieks at her. <laughs> Banshee shrieks at her. <laughs> and... Um, Sarah manages, she runs away and falls into a big pool of blood, which oh, is so insane. Uh, she it was like chunky blood, too. Yeah, it was so gross. <laughs> she struggles with her mom, the mom, um, and then manages to kill her. And I think at this point, Sarah's just a badass. Yeah, she is. She's flipped a switch now. Yeah, she's flipped a switch. She's in survival mode. Uh, meanwhile, Sam, Becca, and Juno are running from a huge pack of creatures. Sam and Becca are killed, and Juno ends up at the bottom of a cave of, um, in in the water. And now it's just the two of them. And Juno is on her own, and Sarah uh, manages to catch um, Juno as she's falling. And then the two of them reconnect and try to find... She's, she said, tells Juno, follow me. I know the way out, I think. Um, so then they are... They see some daylight, but it's like being um, protected, I think, okay, by the creatures uh-huh. as they're kind of waiting. They're like guarding it. Yeah, guarding it. And so then Juno and Sarah fight the creatures pretty valiantly. At this point, Sarah reveals to Juno um, that she she knew that Paul was having an affair with her. Um, so then <laughs> Sarah strikes Juno in the knee with a, the pickaxe. Mm-hmm. Uh, as she hears the creatures coming, and then she leaves Juno. Yeah. Um, and you hear Juno scream in the background. Yeah, so she's basically, like, maims Juno and leaves her as prey for the creatures so that Sarah can get away. Yeah. Sarah manages to find some daylight. She merges out of the ground. She gets to the car and hauls ass away in um, one of their vehicles. She pulls over, vomits. She's like, oh, what the... Oh, you're freaking out. And then she sits back down in her car and sees um, her dead friend, Juno, or former friend, in the front seat for one last... Jump scare. Scare. Yeah. And that was The Descent. The Descent. Very well done. Thank mm-hmm. you. Um... So my recap is, uh, you know, it came out, they came out very close together, as we've acknowledged, one of them in 05 and one of them in 06, one or the other. <laughs> um, and there are other elements that are um, similar between the two that um, 
kind of didn't occur to me. We obviously we picked them to go together for a reason, but then there were other things that came up as I was watching them and writing the recap that I was like, oh, there's a you know other other little links between them. Yeah. Um. So I'm gonna do the the Hills Have Eyes the remake. So the original was a Wes Craven movie that came out in 1977. Mm-hmm. Um. And I have never seen that. So um. I, I didn't I didn't do my due diligence and full research for this. Um, but uh, our remake opens with text on the screen reading between 1945 and 1962, the United States conducted 331 atmospheric nuclear tests. Today, the government still denies the genetic effects caused by the radioactive fallout. And then the type on the screen says New Mexico desert. So there are men in hazmat suits um, catching fish and operating Geiger counters. So obviously doing research on the nuclear fallout. Um, suddenly a wounded man appears asking for help before several barely seen assailants like you really don't get a good look at them attack the group. They brutally kill everyone, um, scientists and the um, injured man. And then they drive off with the bodies dragging behind their Jeep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then we have the opening credits. Um, <clears throat> after the credits were in the same setting, this desert setting. And um, there is a gas station attendant um, searching for someone named Ruby. He keeps calling the name Ruby over and over again. He's armed with a sawed-off shotgun. Um, He goes past a battered fence with a sign on it saying U.S. Department of Energy property. Uh, He stops at the mouth of an old mining tunnel, and he yells something threatening into its depths. And I I can't listen to like two or three times, could not figure out word for word exactly what he's saying. Um, But it was like he was talking to someone. Um, he wasn't just like calling out and trying to find somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, he returns to the gas station and a bag has appeared at his door and he just calls out into the desert. I told you it's over. I'm out. Do you hear me? You're on your own now. But he takes the bag inside anyway. And it turns out it is filled with semi-valuable personal items seemingly collected from many different people. So like jewelry, cameras, stuff like that. There is also a to-go container that has a severed ear inside of it. Oh. Oh, yum. Delightful. Yeah. So I actually named this character, this gas station attendant, our Harbinger. Mm-hmm. Um, because there's kind of elements of his character that turn out to be like that. But he, the actor played Marv in Die Hard 2. Oh, okay. And so I had a special little place in my heart for him. <laughs> Um, so he's looking through the bag, a uh, bag of goodies, and a family arrives at the gas station. The family dad is Bob or Big Bob, who's played by Ted Levine or Levine, <laughs> however you pronounce it. But it we love him. Put on this guy. Like, ah! Every time I hear his voice. Big, big, fat person. I know. Every time I hear his voice, I'm like, Ooh. Yeah, no. And but that's I why, like, him. he was on Monk for years. And yeah. it was so wild to see his character on Monk and then, like, but, like, hear that voice. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. he's amazing. So he's our dad, Big Bob. Um, Mom's name is Ethel. And then their kids, Bobby and Brenda, are teenagers. And then their oldest child is their daughter, Lynn, and her husband, Doug, and their baby. So this whole big family, along with two German shepherds that are named Beauty and Beast, yeah. which I thought was yeah. so sweet. They're all on this trip for Bob and Ethel's silver anniversary. They're mm-hmm. headed for San Diego. So while they're all out of the truck at the gas station and they're distracted, we kind of get glimpses that indicate a dirty, like shabbily dressed little girl reaches into the back seat of the truck and takes Bobby's hoodie. Mm-hmm. Um, Beauty runs into the building at one point, And while getting her back, Lynn sees the bag of goodies. 
um, mm-hmm. and not the ear, but the other stuff, which is kind of suspicious. And the harbinger comes in and sees that she sees the bag. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he returns to Bob outside and all of a sudden offers a shortcut to the interstate, one that he oddly did not mention existed when he was talking to Bob earlier about mm-hmm. their destination and the possible routes and everything. So all of a sudden now he's sending them somewhere. All of a sudden he's Mr. Helpful. Yeah. Before he was like, there's only one way to go and it's that way. And now mm-hmm. he's like, well, actually, if you get on this dirty ass road over here and take it in the opposite direction and you're like well that's kind of suspicious um so the family heads down the shortcut before long spikes pop up out of the road and flatten the truck's tires causing a spin out and the truck runs into this huge rock the car's wrecked of course they have no cell signal in this location and they can't use the cb radio either because of these massive hills surrounding their location so bob declares that he and doug will walk for help and doug's like what the fuck so this is like father-in-law son-in-law and i didn't write anything about it but like they have kind of a hilarious dynamic that like they just fucking hate each other yeah the dad thinks he's kind of a little bitch yeah and he thinks he's the <laughs> Dad is like a redneck meathead asshole. Kind of a jerk, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> and so, did you mention that they're hauling a, an airstream kind of? Yeah, so trailer? yeah, they have, they've got like a, a big, um, I don't know if it's like a, a forerunner or something, like a, a pretty um, sizable, not flatbed truck, but a truck. And then they're pulling, yeah, like an airstream trailer. And so at any given time, like some people are riding in the truck and some are mm-hmm. in the trailer. It's kind of like a Bronco kind of sort Bronco, of thing. yeah, that's better. But I don't know if that's whatever. Yeah, but that's know. what it kind of looks like to me. Yeah, it's a pretty sizable, yeah. you know, he, you know, traveling. The kind, mm-hmm. of, the kind of truck you would expect uh, Big Bob to have. Big Bob. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so Bob's like, he and Doug are going to walk for help. And Doug's like, We're what the walk fuck? For help. We're going to go walk for help. <laughs> um, so the family sets up their little mini campsite by the Airstream and Bob and Bobby. So this is dad and son casually arm themselves with a pair of handguns that, of course, they just have because, you know, MAGA. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, before the guys set off, Bob, Big Bob is heading back to the gas station and he sends Doug further down the road that they were traveling to see if there's anything in that direction. Yeah. Yeah. The rest of the family stays and they're hanging out waiting um, until Brenda dummy accidentally lets Beauty out of the Airstream and Bobby has to run into the hills after her because she's a dog and she runs off. Mm-hmm. So he ends up in these rocky paths through the hills, calling for her, trying to find her. He starts to hear and glimpse things around corners. Um, and we see that he's being watched by someone wearing his red hoodie. Mm-hmm. Uh, he finds Beauty dead, not just Aww. dead, but like disemboweled. Like her belly has been opened and like her innards are just gone. Yeah. Um, so, so naturally, yeah. Naturally, we hate the, we hate the villain now. <laughs> you killed the dog. You he killed the dog. It's unforgivable. Mm-hmm. Um, and Bobby is obviously like terrified. He starts to run back, but he falls and is knocked unconscious. He is approached by the hoodie thief and it turns out it's a mutated little girl, this actually. Actually, turns out this is Ruby. Mm-hmm. Um, and so um, <laughs> there's another mutant who's wearing a top hat <laughs> mm-hmm. and munching on someone's leg and laughing at her in this little scene. Uh, so we're like, OK, so we've got some mutants in them, our hills. Yeah. Good to know. There's eyes in them hills. <laughs> Um, So now we check in on Doug. He, on his uh, little walk, has come upon a crater filled with abandoned vehicles. Totally normal. Um, Later, uh, now night has fallen and Big Bob arrives back at the gas station, but the Harbinger is nowhere to be found. Um, Big Bob does find the bag of goodies and uh, he opens the container and sees the ear. So he's glad he brought his gun with him Mm because he can see that something's afoot. 
um, next in the gas station, he finds a wall full of news clippings describing the nuclear testing in the area and a group of miners who refused to leave their land and had their town destroyed. And there are also snapshots of deformed children. Mm-hmm. Um, so also, was it um, Big Bomb said he was like retire celebrating retirement too, right? Or yeah, he was, he was like a, a detective. Retired? Yeah, that's right. yeah, and he's going to start a. a personal security or private security company or something. Right. Yeah. 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 But that's, that's definitely his persona. Yeah. Yeah. So he's really capable and very good at being, um, snooping. Yeah. Snooping around. And a big tough guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, but w- once he gets this information, oh, cause further clippings describe families mysteriously disappearing in this desert. So mm-hmm. he's like, well, F that S. Mm-hmm. Um, he's about to help himself to the Harbinger's car and, and get the fuck out of there. Um, but instead, he, soon he finds the Harbinger drunk in the outhouse. He's holding his shotgun. And while weeping, he tells Bob, quote, I did the best I could before blowing his own damn head off. Yeah. Yeah. So you're like, you know, now... If you're, you know, you've seen enough horror movies and you can kind of um, piece together that he's been helping these mutants in some way and mm-hmm. being and the payoffs had been getting these these th- trinkets or whatever that they stole from the the people that they were killing. Yeah, their um, victims. Mm-hmm. But uh, and that's why kind of he seemed like a harbinger to me, because it's like he's he's at the at the gateway. Mm-hmm. Um, he's the pe- the person that they encounter. But like he's not normally he's not warning the people away he's mm-hmm. luring them in so it's kind of like an opposite but he doesn't want to do it anymore he's trying to stop and then he can't stop and he knows he's in too deep and so he takes his own life yeah he reminded me too of the guy from the children of the corn who was working yeah at the yeah kind of too. like reluctantly yeah. um roped into this situation mm-hmm. yeah that's a good i didn't make that connection that's a good one mm-hmm. um so after Harbinger kills himself, immediately a voice starts calling Daddy from, out Daddy. from the darkness. And so Big Bob starts popping off shots in all directions, as one does, um, before again trying to uh, requisition the car. But uh, he gets in the car and there's a man in the backseat who bashes his head all around. And then Big Bob gets a ride on a mining cart underground. Oh, no. Lucky Bob. Um, back with the rest of the family, they find the injured Bobby up in the hills and they get him back to the trailer. Um, at next, Beast, our other dog, somehow gets off his chain and runs into the hills. Um, and then shortly after, Doug returns from his walk. Um, so the family beds down without Bob. Um, so um, Lynn and Doug are in the truck and then the rest of the family is in the trailer. Mm-hmm. Um, but later, Bobby hears barking and starts to follow it into the hills. Um, after he leaves, uh, one of our mutie pals creeps into the trailer and starts creeping on the sleeping Brenda mm-hmm. um, in a really like gross and unsettling way. Gross, yucky, gross yeah. way. You see like he, his... His hands creep into the shot and as she's yeah. sleeping on her blanket. And yeah. Then, and this muni, they all like there's there's turns out to be, you know, quite a few of them and they all have very different appearances um, from the mutations and everything. This one reminded me the most of Sloth mm-hmm. from the Goonies. Yeah, yeah. Also in that he seemed a little bit less violent and aggressive mm-hmm. um, than some of the other ones, but he's still, you know, fondling a sleeping teenage girl. Yeah. So we're, we're not a fan. I'm no. not a fan of him. No. Um, 
Out in the hills, meanwhile, Bobby realizes that the barking sound was being made by someone other than Beast. Uh, and he runs back to the family. He goes to the truck and alerts Doug and Lynn that something bad is going on. And he tells them about finding Beauty and what happened to her body because he hadn't told anybody yet. Yeah, about he didn't her. want to freak out their mom. Yeah. Too. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, they get up and just before they're about to discover the mutie that is attacking Brenda in the trailer, they see a nearby tree burst into flames and Big Bob is tied to it mm-hmm. as a nice little effigy. Yeah. So um, everybody obviously runs to go help Big Bob. And while that happens, a second mutie hops into the trailer and starts exploring. He is not a very nice one. Um, ultimately, he bites the head off of one of their sweet little pet birds and starts drinking its blood from its severed neck. So that was upsetting. Um, he then pulls uh, Sloth off of Brenda, who Sloth was just kind of groping a little bit. And this guy decides to actually try and assault her. Um But finally, the rest of the family notices her screams and the crying baby coming from the trailer. Mm -hmm. Uh, Lynn runs back, um, but she ends up getting groped herself because the guy who he has Big Bob's gun is holding it on the baby to keep her from fighting back. So he's pointing the gun at the baby. So she's not going to do anything. Yeah, she's just going to be, I would just stand still and let whatever happen (laughs) save her baby's um, life. Yeah, it gets really gross because then when Ethel returns to the trailer, she finds the mutie actually nursing at Lynn's breast because obviously she's a nursing mother. She's mm-hmm. got milk mm-hmm. and he is holding the gun on her baby and suckling, which is disgusting. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he um, ends up shooting Ethel and then Lynn. Yeah. Um, he grabs Brenda and drags her outside. He tries to shoot her too, but the gun is empty. So the two muties run off back into the hills as just as Doug and Bobby get back to the trailer. And they're just like whooping and hollering. They're having a great time. Oh, yeah. They're like, Whoa, this is awesome. Woohoo. And you're like, yeah. Um, so um, Ethel is somehow still alive, but Lynn doesn't make it. And the baby's missing. So you're like, yeah. oh, farts. Um, so shortly after Ethel slips away too, so now Ethel and Lynn are both dead. Um, and while Bobby and Doug are arguing and fighting about what to do, they hear a voice outside. Uh, they follow it to a walkie-talkie that the muties had left behind. So they're hearing the chatter between um, these uh, these people, these hill people, mm-hmm. hill folk. Um, Beast also returns at this point. As prequel earlier, we did see him attack one of the muties in the hills and we yeah, and, and rip vicious, it start out. So he's a vicious beast. He knows what side he's on. He says, You guys are bad guys. You I'm killed gonna... my beauty. Oh yeah. They were probably siblings. Ugh. Um anyway, so Beast is back. Um and then uh Doug is like you know, kind of screaming into the walkie-talkie, like, why are you doing this? Um, and they uh, they don't answer, but he hears his baby crying over the walkie-talkie. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that kind of uh, convinces him that he needs to go after her. Mm-hmm. So now it's morning again. Um, Doug's got a baseball bat and he's got Beast on a leash. And Beast is leading him through the hills and takes him to the entrance um, to the mines. And he ends up walking all the way through the mines and out the other side. And he sees stuff in the mines, you know, indicating that people are living in there. Um, There's lots of activity happening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like photos and personal items and things like that. So we're like, okay, so there's there's shit happening here. Um, but he goes ends up going out the other side of the hill, out of the tunnel, um, and finds a town. Um, and the town turns out to be one of those test sites where we've seen these in some other movies. It was at the beginning of Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull, um, where, you know, in theory, the government created these um, fake 
towns with like mannequins and furnishing and cars and all these stuff and all of the houses and everything so that when they did a nuclear test, they could actually observe the impact that it had. Mm-hmm. If, if it was, you know, if we did drop this on a community, what mm-hmm. would that community look like afterward? Mm-hmm. So this is a town full of, like, empty houses that are all staged with furniture and mannequins and, and all this shit. So it's creepy as hell. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Doug sees uh, his baby in one of the houses. Um, there are muties there, too. Um, and Doug actually ends up getting caught while he's trying to sneak the baby away. Um, and he's knocked out. He wakes up trapped in... I couldn't... It wasn't a deep freezer, but it was like one of those coolers at, at the corner store where they would, like, you know, have the drumstick ice creams in them and stuff, mm-hmm. you know? But anyway, yeah, he's locked into it. And it's filled with, like, nasty, Yeah, so he, he it happens to have matches, and he lights one and sees that uh, keeping him company in the uh, fridge is a selection of, I put, corpse bits. Mm-hmm. Um, but he manages Very, to... Very, like, a Texas Chainsaw Master Oh, yeah. No, moment. it's gross. It's gross. Um, but fortunately, the lock on the outside is not very secure, and it's just like a plexi lid or something, so he's able to bust out. Uh, he has a nice little chat with one of the muties in the house that is, you know, unable to move and is stuck in his chair, uh, and then has a lengthy battle scene with another one. I mean, this was like, this was an opportunity for me to shorten my recap, because mm-hmm. this fight between the two of them went on for a while. Yeah. Um, you know, Beast got in on the action. There was bathtubs moving. It was it was very exciting. Um, and at one point during the battle, uh, Doug does get a couple fingers chopped off. So yeah, it he's was intense. He's, he's not happy he's about a, that. <laughs> he starts out as a little bit of a bitch in the movie, but he's then, a grizzled fighter now. Yeah, yeah. He's digging deep. He's finding you know wells of fortitude that he didn't know that he had. Because his now, child's in danger. Yeah. Well, and it's like he's already lost his wife. The baby is you know all that he has left. Like yeah. so, he's mm-hmm. he's stepping up a little bit here. Mm-hmm. Um, ultimately, Doug triumphs at the end of the battle via plunging a screwdriver through a foot, a U.S. flag through the throat, and then an axe in the head. So yeah. it's the old trifecta. It's all like <laughs> lots of glopping and glooping. Yeah. Like it's just <laughs> things being plunged shoved and, and plunged and <laughs> shoved inserted. And <laughs> um, so now that Doug is armed with the axe that he took from the mutie he just killed, he easily takes care of another one outside. Um, and then Beast, very satisfyingly, um, helps himself to killing the chatty mutie that was inside. Yeah. And the chatty one, you know, there's a, a little conversation, the conversation that he and Doug have just kind of reinforces this idea that the the government took their town, they went into the mines, the government dropped all these bombs, like, you guys made us like this, you did this to us. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, Doug's like, I don't even work for the government, asshole. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I work for the cell phone company. <laughs> right? I sell fl- Palm pilots and flip-flops. PDAs. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Doug's still looking for the baby. Um, and But Ruby actually... So Ruby's watching the baby. And we see that another mutie has like, been sent to kill the baby. And she ends up like tricking, doing a little switcheroo, putting a piglet where the baby was <laughs> supposed to be. And she saves the baby and runs off and carries her into the hills. Um, meanwhile, someone comes to the truck and trailer site and steals Ethel's body from the truck. Mm-hmm. And so Bobby goes after them and he finds this man eating Ethel. And he's like, what the fuck? And so even though he has his gun and he's been all this whole time gung ho to like, you know, kill these guys, mm-hmm. um, he runs away and then is like kind of firing wildly behind him at this thing where it's like if he when he just first spotted the guy eating his mom, if he just take an aim, he could blown his head off easily. 
Mm-hmm. But that's neither here nor there. <laughs> so um, he runs back to the trailer and the man chases him back where Brenda has set up the trap that she and Bobby had planned with their propane tanks and some matches. And they blow up the man and the trailer both, which I actually think was probably not a best use of their resources at that point, since they are still stranded in the desert. If he had just shot the guy in the head, they would still have their trailer and all their supplies. Again, neither here nor there. Well, maybe making a big giant ball of fire might get someone to notice. Yeah, well, yeah, because Brenda had set a fire to that tire um, Mm -hmm. to, like, try and create a smoke signal that someone might notice. And Bobby said she was a moron. Um, (laughs) So anyway, uh, Doug follows Ruby into the hills. Ruby still has the baby. But before Ruby can return the baby to him, because she really is trying to save the baby, um, the last or what we think is the last mutie shows up. Doug has to fight him, too. Um, you know, we think that he's bested him. Ruby returns the baby to Doug. But in the final scare, um, the last mutie like jumps up. But Ruby saves both Doug and the baby by tackling the mutie and diving over the cliff with him, which kills them both. Mm-hmm. Um which is like, oh, she she saved the baby and then she saved them both and sacrificed herself. It's like, yeah, all she wanted was that hoodie. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Doug returns to Bobby and Brenda triumphant with his baby and Beast. He's still got Beast. Mm-hmm. Um, but at this point, we're like, well, you're still you're still stranded in the middle of the <laughs> desert with no mode of communication. You've blown up all of your supplies. Yeah. Um, okay great yay it's not quite a happy ending they try to make it look like it but then they also pull back and we see that they're still being watched by something in the hills something but we don't know what it is yeah hills that have just yeah just the eye just the hill eyes now the people are gone it's (laughs) just the the eyes that the hills actually have Mm -hmm. um yeah so that is the end of the hills have eyes remake Mm -hmm. so meredith what do you think of these two movies are they scary I thought The Descent was insane. Mm-hmm. I loved it so much, especially the big reveal of what was following them. Yeah, the and, creatures. Yeah, the creatures. And it might remind me a lot of, uh, you know, the time machine, the creatures that are, like, in the caverns. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that scene is insane. I, I think it's on the, some of the top scariest movie moments and a lot of different uh, like the main attack scene where the whole group Mm -hmm. attacks all the group of girls yeah whereas you see the night vision and suddenly you see it what behind her yeah that was uh, the moment that's always mentioned a lot and i love the part where she falls into uh the chunky blood yeah chunky (laughs) blood and i think she's definitely got some sort of diseases oh yeah hepatitis all over the place for sure Mm -hmm. (laughs) um but I think it's it's amazing. I just love that movie so much. And so, you know, it plays into all of different uh, different things that would frighten you. Mm-hmm. Um, spelunking. I would never do that. <laughs> uh, tight, tight tunnels, mm-hmm. which are uh, play into your... Because uh, I had a lot of feeling of uh, claustrophobia yeah. as I was watching it. You're just like, ooh. And then the feeling of something chasing you through these claustrophobic tunnels uh-huh. and um, throw in creatures that you don't know what they are cannibal creatures mm-hmm. and uh and then some sort of distrust amongst the women oh yeah too, yeah um which was wild bitches uh, be sleeping with your husband oh yeah <laughs> yeah and then i just love it and then the location is is really fun they they're kind of in a place that that's not familiar to them mm-hmm. at all it's supposed to be and it's supposed to be well planned out yeah. but then someone fucked it up 
on, yeah. and uh, on purpose. Yeah, well, like, and someone, someone in in your corner, like a yeah, a saboteur. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's it was doomed to begin with, mm-hmm. and even if nothing was there, they'd still be if if they gone through a tunnel and nothing was chasing them, and then it collapsed, that no one knows where you are, you're still screwed. Yeah. So. You know, it's just a terrifying idea mm-hmm. all around. Yeah. And I thought it was so creative and, and um, just fantastic. I, I, I always recommend it to people who yeah. are wanting to find something like that'll maybe scare the crap out of them. <laughs> and then the Hills Have Eyes, not so much. Not so much. <laughs> I like the idea. I always, um, I can't remember if I saw the original. I feel like I did. And then... Um, I think I said oh, I don't need to see that again. Yeah, right. Maybe, but I know it's, it has. Did you rewatch sh- it for this episode? No, no, I, I couldn't. Uh, <laughs> I couldn't do it, and I know it has a huge, um, you know, cult, following, cult following. Yeah, and 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 it's truly um, people seen the images from the movies a ton of times. They've seen the posters. They're also the poster, the movie poster, The Hills Have Eyes, is seen in other movies. Like, oh, really? Uh, I think I want to say Evil Dead or something. Or Evil Dead 2. Um, but I could be Oh, mistaken. the original. The poster of the original. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Not the remake. Not the remake. Um, I like the idea. Yeah. And I think that's really fun. Um, I think it could have been done in a way where it was a lot more frightening. Yes. I don't know. Agreed. So I think I just was not very scared. I do love the dad. I yeah. think he's great. And, I wish he was but, in more of it. They kill yeah. him pretty quick. I, th- I wish that he, they used, utilized his character more. Yeah. Uh, I do. I appreciated the special effects and the makeup. And, I mean, Greg Nicotero was one of the people that he was one of the creatures also. Oh, he was? Yes. And he also did um, with a team of other people, too. But um, the makeup. For all the mutants. Yeah. So there's like a few names um, for the make- makeup, and they were nominated for something for that kind of thing for the oh, wow. for this movie. But they didn't win. They lost out to Slither, which <laughs> oh was <my> God. <laughs> disgusting. And cool. it's a, yeah, it's so gross. Um, so I think that's kind of fun. But overall, I mean, I do actually appreciate the character arc of Doug, the kind of dorky, like, yeah. meh, I'm so hot. Oh, I'm going to be yeah. nauseous from the heat. And then he's like, fuck yeah, <laughs> like, like kicking ass for his baby. Yeah. So I appreciated that part. And then I enjoyed that Beast was very, very helpful yeah. throughout the movie. And sorry about poor beauty. Poor but. beauty. Beast, Beast <sighs> was the dog version of Doug. He was yeah. avenging his family. Yeah, I do have some um, tidbits about the descent, mm-hmm. which I thought were kind of interesting. But um, I don't know. I think I might ask you if you what if you thought they were scary. The movie, mm-hmm. so you don't first. spoil any of my perceptions with your uh, informational tidbits. Well, you know, I just thought it was interesting. Um, yeah, so I'm I'm pretty much in agreement with you on both counts. I'd never seen The Descent um, mm-hmm. until we picked it for this episode, and I watched it twice. I love it. Um, I really, really love the the characters, the um, relationships between the women. I mm-hmm. thought that visually it looked very believable, very mm-hmm. convincing. Yeah, um, the caverns were insane. Yeah, it reminded me, like you were talking about the, you know, the crawling through the tunnels and um, the claustrophobia and everything, like some parts of As, As Above, So Below. 
Mm -hmm. Um, And it also made me think about imagine I was trying like kind of picture if I were to step back and see the whole scope of what's happening on screen plus whoever's filming it Mm -hmm. and what those that camera work, those angles, that lighting would consist of to get those shots of, you know, the people working their way through these tunnels and to make it feel the way that it does mm-hmm. to make it affect the viewer the way that it does. Cause it's, I mean, it's obviously something that when they do it right, it's very, very effective. Um, and then like you were saying that, um, the just being in the cavern to begin with and then having the cave in like even if there weren't creatures down there like you're still probably gonna die Mm -hmm. um and I said that the same thing with like I said with the ritual bringing it back to Blair Witch Project is that like yeah you take out the horror movie element and you're already in a terrifying situation yeah and they do a really realistic job of setting that setting up that terrifying situation because you don't find out that there are creatures until like halfway through the movie Mm -hmm. um and so, but you are already tense and frightened and invested um, in what's what's going on with them, what they're experiencing um, before you're even like, oh, and there's also fucking sightless Nosferatu assholes down here, like ready to eat them. H.G. <laughs> Wells cannibal creatures. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So then, then it like, it levels up, yeah. you know, like it's already scary just from the realistic elements. And then you add the surrealistic elements and mm-hmm. it gets even scarier. Yeah. Um, and so, and I just, my favorite part was when um, Sarah maimed Juno at the end, because mm-hmm. the way she's standing, she's got the, the spike in her hand, you know, she lets the necklace like drop from her fist so that mm-hmm. Juno can see it. And mm-hmm. that's like the revelation, not just that, like, I know you're fucking my husband, but also like, that means that Sarah found Beth. And so she also knows that like, you know, Juno was there responsible for or part of their friend's death. Um, And so you think Sarah's just going to kill her. Mm-hmm. And then she like the minute when the spike went into her knee instead mm-hmm. of like her neck, I was like, oh, oh damn, that's so much worse. She wants you to suffer. Yeah. So it's like she's she's doing it out of self-preservation, like leaving you behind to distract the creatures. But also that is so much more cruel a mm-hmm. revenge to yeah. to leave her to their feasting than to just put her out of her misery and kill her. Yeah. So like and, that and moment maybe, was crazy. Yeah, definitely. And. I kind of had forgotten. I was like, what does she do again? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Ooh, she I was like, remember. But I, on this rewatch, I kind of thought about um, maybe she also felt Juno was responsible for her family's accident as well. Because yeah. she... The destruction you know, of the husband. Yeah. And then yeah. him being distracted and not paying attention to his driving and, and right. them getting into that catastrophic accident. Yeah. Uh, Juno just fucked it all up. Yeah. All of parts of her life, all of the facets, her yeah. best friend. And yeah, even if she hadn't like um, actually killed Beth for real, she essentially killed all of them mm-hmm. by her choice to take them into these caves instead of the one. Yeah. And lie to them and mislead them. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, Juno got exactly what Juno deserved. She was a little asshole. She was but, a dumb bitch. But then also she's like, I'm not leaving without Sarah. I'm like, fuck you. Yeah. You, you don't care. You don't give a shit about anybody. Selfish. You big dumb, 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 dumb <laughs> you big dumb dummy. You know, you're dumb a dummy. first grade teacher. You dumb dummy bozo. Ugh. <laughs> yeah. Poopy pants. I hate you. Poopy pants. 
Um, yeah, and so then on the flip side, the Hills Have Eyes, um, not scary. I think mm-hmm. I agree with you that there, um, it had a lot of things that it did really right, and mm-hmm. there are some changes they could have made that would have made it more successful at being scary. And yeah. um, sorry to say, now that you've told me it was um, Greg Nicotero's work, that for me, it was, I found most of the mutants to be comical in appearance. I think there it was um, a combination of CGI and makeup. Yeah, but, I'm but not they sure. were like they were silly, like the one yeah. with the top hat, like yeah. and they and the one the like really really bad one that assaulted Brenda like was wearing like a Rambo bullet crisscross things like there was just things about them that seemed comical uh-huh. and um, not all of them but enough of them where it, it see it it took me out of any any fear that mm-hmm. you might because like the frightening parts were like Bob tied to the tree on fire mm-hmm. you know or and then honestly when that one mutant was like when shit went down in the trailer and they were like assaulting Brenda and then he was nursing Lynn and like that whole scene like it started to st- feel really fucked up Mm -hmm. um but that was really the only part that i felt that way and the rest of the part just seemed kind of silly um and i think that it was surprising to me because this is the second time that i've watched it the first time wasn't actually that long ago i saw it for the first time at some point during covid and i remember associating it with that upsurge in torture porn from this era like the hostile movies and the saw movies Mm -hmm. um And so I expected it to be like that. And it's not. Mm -hmm. It's actually aside from those couple of elements in the trailer, there's not a lot of really like upsetting. I I don't know. Maybe maybe that just shows how desensitized I am. But like (laughs) the violence and gore is just kind of vanilla. It's not on the same level as Saw or Hostile. Um, right. Yeah. You know, and so it was surprising to me because I was expecting it to be way more disturbing, like the kind of thing where like the Halloween remakes or like, you know, the Rob Zombie stuff where you you're uncomfortable watching it like you you kind of wish you weren't watching it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. This one, the the part, even when they showed him like like the part with the guy with the top hat and he just had like a human leg that he was eating like it was a chicken drumstick and it was silly. Yeah, I wasn't scared. And I was like, you look stupid. Yeah, take the fucking top hat off. Who are you trying to impress? Where's your monocle, Mr. Peanut? Um, but it had some really, like you said, um, Big Bob's character, Ted Levine, was like amazing. I really loved Bobby's character, even yeah. though I hated the whole he's being indoctrinated into this Trumpist mentality with the guns and everything. But the um, he really did look at himself as responsible for his mom and his sisters when Big Bob left and he carried that his character carried that throughout of like you know he still acted like a teenage boy at a couple points and was like overly emotional or whatever Mm -hmm. Um, but he he was really like kind of like an impressed like you'd be proud if that was like your son and he was trying to take care of your family and protect your family yeah Um, maybe not with the gun but (laughs) um, there was and I think all of the characters were really great it's just the the mutants is, is where it lost me yeah, so basically the main villains you thought were yeah. comical and ridiculous. Yeah, so you can't be scared <laughs> if the villains are silly. Yeah. Silly villains. Yeah. I don't, yeah, they're definitely deadly, but... Oh, um, yeah, no, they were dangerous. Mm-hmm. Um, but since they weren't attacking me, I was able to evaluate them on their style choices. As, as, a viewer, <laughs> as a viewer, you're just sort of like, eh. I'm safe sh- behind my TV screen. Bit, like, it's fine. Yeah. 
Yeah, but you did really feel for the like the pain of the family members as you know, like like the part where Brenda and Bobby move Lynn and Ethel's bodies into the truck, like out of the trailer and into the truck, and they're just like crying and holding each other and what it would take for a teenage brother and sister to actually like hug that intensely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you imagine the trauma they were going through. Yeah. Um yeah. so there was there was some legit good elements to it. Yeah, I don't know. I just yeah, I felt I agree. And then the whole part where they take the baby and then, I don't know why, I just was like, hey, go get the baby, I guess. This is just like Labyrinth. Right. Like, yeah, dance, magic, dance. Go get that baby. Go get that baby. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it's worth a watch once. I yeah, don't sure, I don't sure. think many people would feel like they wanted to watch it a second time. <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah, I, have, I feel the same way. Yeah. But. So let's hear that uh, Descent it, trivia. Oh, um, okay. So the endings of the... Um, here, I'll read it. <laughs> it says, no happy ending. So leave it to the doom. This is an article I found. Leave it to the doom and gloom of jolly old England that gave us the legendary um, mopey icons like Morrissey and the Cure. The original <laughs> UK version of The Descent ends with Sarah still trapped as the creatures close in. Oh, no. Having only dreamt of her escape. Um, and in her dream, she saw uh, the vision of her daughter's birthday cake. And it was, and when she wakes up more, she realizes it's just the light from her torch. Mm. Um, and then I'm glad it didn't end like that. Yeah. So then the test audiences in America were just super bummed. Yeah. So the ending was altered, cutting away before we could see um, that she was still trapped. And okay, it changed so like it. when when she sees Juno dead in the car with her, that was supposed to be like the snap end of her. That's like the end of her nightmare, and um, then she comes to. I'm not really sure where it was supposed to end, um, like the UK oh, versus what point? the... Oh, okay. Maybe we could find the ending um, online, probably. Yeah. I'd be interested to see that. So, But then Marshall, the um, I think the director and maybe writer of this, he likened it to the American ending to the... Um, or the, their American ending to the Texas Chainsaw Massacre quipping that um, just because she gets away, does that make it a happy ending? That's true. Yeah. Yeah, because everybody you love is dead. Yeah, and it, and you have your final girl ending, yeah. and is she gonna live a life of horrible? No, yeah. I mean, and, and we saw in, in the um, Texas Chainsaw that just came out most recently that uh, Sally Hardesty did not go on to have a nice, healthy, happy life. <laughs> no, no, and then also um, authenticity was very important to Marshall, who was doing the directing, and then during the making of the film, um, he really wanted the actors to play fear and not for it not to be faked so to enhance this the actors playing the cave explorers were kept very separated from the actors who were playing playing the crawlers he called the the creatures the crawlers yeah um even like during lunch they didn't see them yeah so then uh none of the main cast saw the crawlers until they're in first introduced into in the film oh that's smart when they saw them for the first time that was when the audience saw them. Yeah. Um, and that... That was the reaction yeah, that they're we real, saw. Yeah, they were like, oh, what the fuck? Um, so it led to genuine fear responses, and it caused even some of the cast to scream and run off the set. Oh, my God. So I thought that was kind of fun, and I think maybe that's why I felt that they were truly terrified. Yeah, because they actually were. 
Yeah, well, I, obviously they don't feel like they're probably going to die, but they're still surprised. Yeah, they yeah, they know the it's an actor, but you're still like, oh, oh shit. Oh, you look fr- freaky yeah. and, and terrifying. <laughs> I'm going to need a minute. <laughs> and for audiences, or for whoever's listening has not seen this movie, these creatures are very, um, they're supposed to make, be similar to like a Nosferatu kind of creature, yeah. but they're all white, kind of albino face yeah they're completely nude and hairless and they yeah they They have kind of reflective eyes yeah um, on their eyeballs like kind of bulbous and milky Mm -hmm. and then these weird kind of i want to say gerbily yeah gopher looking teeth yeah uh they're gross and the um and they move like Gollum, like the the creeping you know like crouching kind of thing yeah and they can crawl like spider-man like they can crawl like up the walls like gravity defying it seemed like in some of the moments i would assume because they had like super strong hand looking oh so so they were just like free free like rock bouldering whatever you call that i'm not a rock climber me neither (laughs) (laughs) i am not going on this vacation with you meredith neither no 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 um so I thought that was kind of cool. And the director said that the, these crawlers were kind of creatures that have evolved over thousands of years and in these um, cave, the caves yeah. uh, systems. And they're um, blind and, um, you know, they go out and get their prey like it was mentioned in the movie. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I thought it was really crazy and, and very well done and not done in a, in a cheesy way. No, I, it I wasn't hokey. Really scared. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you'd think that, you know, it, it kind of would be if I, you know, me comparing it to like Gollum, be like, oh, it's like a whole bunch of Gollums attacking you. It's and like, that like, sounds Precious. silly. <laughs> <laughs> but it is, it's really, somehow it is not silly or hokey or cheesy. It's like, I don't know. It's, it's terrifying. Yeah. And how much did you watch the X-Files back in the olden days? I mean, a bit. A bit. Um, Yeah. Which one are you thinking of? (laughs) There was one where there's a creature, like an amoeba creature. Ooh. And it was in the first season, I think, Uh um, which came out in 93. So a long, long while ago. So if I saw it, I do not remember it. You'd have to watch it on, I think when I say Hulu or something. But I rewatched it during COVID times when I was like, you know, let me revisit some fun shows. Um, (laughs) But it was very much... It looked like that. It was just like the kind of white, milky smooth, body, smooth yeah. body and disgusting. And um, yeah, so that's a fun one to visit, too. Yeah. But uh, okay. ew, gross. I don't want to see those ever in a cave. No. But yeah. that's why I stay away from caves. So yeah. there you go. <laughs> I see. And I love I love me a good cavern. I have been to Carlsbad Caverns, I think, five or six times in my life. I've been to Lehman Caverns twice. I We went to these caves in Ireland, the Eiliwi uh, caves that are near the Cliffs of Moher. Like, I love visiting caverns, but I but they're like tourist caverns. I want to go to tourist only. No. Spelunk- yeah. I'm like there's spelunking. electric lights installed and handrails and you're not allowed to touch the rock formations. Like that's the kind of caverns that I enjoy exploring. Yeah. If I need a rope. No, thank you. No, thanks. I do not carry a rope. <laughs> I just don't. I think that's good. Yeah. I'm, I'm not wearing a helmet. You're leading a bland vanilla life and you're not mad about it. Not mad about it. I'm <laughs> loving it because I'm still alive. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that, that that's a really good um, measurement of the difference between these two movies is like when you compare the crawlers to mm-hmm. the mutants. 
mm-hmm. and like the the feel that you get from them that dictates how frightening the scenario is. Because obviously, you could still argue the descent would be scarier because they're trapped in a cave, mm-hmm. which is kind of inherently a little bit more upsetting than just being stranded in the desert. I mean, being stranded in the desert scary as shit. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, but completely different from being like we might not be able to ever get out of this cave. We're gonna die down here. Oh yeah. So the settings are both scary, may not maybe not equally but, but comparable, but then you the the villains, the mm-hmm. assailants, you compare how frightening the crawlers were to how fucked up but not scary or creepy or horrifying the mutants were. Yeah, I think, I think the mutants were cannibals and that was supposed to be shocking and we're yeah. maybe we're just decent. And maybe it was shocking when the first one came out that oh, they would yeah? be cannibals, but that's not a weird thing anymore. Yeah, we're like, who isn't a cannibal? I know, right? You gotta a, eat. A, <laughs> Is it organic? In a horror movie? <laughs> I need to know the name of my ca- my meat. Like, yes, his name yeah. is Bob? Okay, great. Mm-hmm. Is this gluten-free? <laughs> <laughs> maybe I've been watching too much yeah, Yellow Jackets. Could be all the cannibalism yeah and there is definitely an argument to be made to the desensitization of a horror movie fan like us yeah um and you know how you would have responded if you were seeing i feel like i was saying that about um was it maybe the exorcist because we were talking about the people you always say that the people like threw up in the theater like when they saw the exorcist um and the reason that <laughs> it's perceived so differently now because when you think about then when that came out, like, you know, I think I said one time it's like on the e- on the heels of like the Elvis Presley movie era. Yeah. You know, like that's st- oh no, no, it was the first night uh, Night of the Living Dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When they yeah. had the footage of the zombies eating the bodies in Night of the Living Dead, and that was the late sixties. You had not seen something like that before. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. the reaction that you got sh- bore that out. Whereas nowadays that's, you know, like, okay, so he's eating a human leg, like a chicken leg. Who cares? Right. What's up with the top hat? (laughs) (laughs) It's like a, that stuck with you and, um, different, really ridiculous things stuck with me for like a minival with her pigtails. The pigtails. Yeah. And the hairbrush and scream. And the hairbrushing. I'm like, stop it. And I think that those are, those are the examples of like, you know, we'll suspend disbelief for, you know the these mute these mutants managing to survive and live and have this mutant society out in the middle of the desert. Like I'll suspend that disbelief. Sure. But the fact that they wear a silly top hat, you lost me. Mm-hmm. Oh, I forgot. I didn't um, actually print it out the notes, but uh, about the, this movie, they were gonna they wanted to do some of the same filming locations as the original. Oh, cool. But there were housing de- developments in California <laughs> and the California desert where it was. But like I want to say. I don't know where it is, but I would imagine a Temecula kind of place. Or yeah. Like was it in California? Yeah. It okay. was filmed in California. Because it was supposed to be in New Mexico. But. Right. Yeah. But the, so then this film was had to be filmed in Morocco. Oh, um, wow. You know. To get the same terrain? Yes. Okay. Uh, and it was super hot, ridiculously hot yeah. and stuff. But It's just like the um, ritual is supposed to be in Sweden, filmed in Romania. It's all yeah. lies. It's all lies. <laughs> they, they sit on a throne of lies. Yeah. Um. Well, good conversation, both um, secluded settings. Yeah. I'm glad that we're keeping on track. Yeah, I keep that. forgetting that, like, why are we picking these? Oh, right, secluded, secluded settings. Secluded settings. Oh, and for Parent Corner, yeah, don't show these to kids. 
I the mean, the scent might be fun, but when Charlotte's a little older, yeah, well, but especially a girl, you know, you want her to have a healthier perception of female relationships. <laughs> and then, but I Don't think trust yeah, those bitches. <laughs> no, I'm just <laughs> Be ready to cut one, leave her behind. Um, but in like the hills, have I like the assault and the breastfeeding oh, and all that no. stuff was like it was pretty upsetting. But again, that's a that scene that you could you could things? skip over if you like thought the whole movie was like hilariously charming and you wanted them to see it. You could <laughs> possibly skip that part that scene in the trailer. Um, but yeah, the, the Hills Have Eyes is not a winner. No. Um, the descent is excellent, but since it is scarier, um, you'd want to be a little more cautious. Yeah. And it's super bloody, gory. Yeah. And super spot. Well, it's just, it's real. It's realistic. Mm-hmm. It's, you're seeing these people like experience real danger and harm even before the, the crawlers show up. Yeah. I want to say Holly getting the leg bone out. Oh my, my God. My child would probably faint. Yeah. She would be, ugh. Yeah. Here comes throw, the popcorn. Mom would throw out, <laughs> I'm going to pass out. Um, <laughs> and yeah. I'm like, that's her real leg. She, she's very devoted to this. Yeah, she she's a method actor. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah so we're we're kind of phoning in the the parent corner sometimes now, but um Yeah. Yeah, yeah take it well, as you will. Yeah, that's fine. So our next <laughs> our next movie to stay with the um the theme Excluded for the summer. Settings. 30 Days of Night. Oh, so we like yeah. tapped in on this a little bit when we did our Bram Stoker's Dracula episode because this is another vampire movie. Mhm. Um but a very, very different kind of vampire movie. Yeah. And since uh, he loves it so, we will have our friend Victor returning for that episode mm-hmm. so my that he fiance. can gush. My fiance. <laughs> my back. fiance. Um, so come that back. he can, you know, gush and burble about this this movie that yeah. he loves so much. And it so was much. also re- um, written in, um, recommended by... That's right. Our, we, um, had, we had a, a listener, listener. Um, write in for that one. Yeah. And, and I finally we were got like, around hell to, yeah. <laughs> I, know, I finally got around to replying to emails because we did a shout out, but I never rep- responded. Yeah. They, like, they emailed us and then they never listened again. So yeah. they didn't hear us acknowledge Yeah. So I emailed today and uh, thanked everyone for writing in and apologized for being a bum. But yeah. But <laughs> what, if, what they're, if they're listening, they understand. Yeah. I, I just have so much going on with all the sitting. And the watching. And, and, the, and the sleeping. And the sleeping. Yeah. And the drinking. Oh, the drinking. It's very time consuming. <laughs> the comedy, comedy show. <laughs> the comedy shows. She just lives such a full life. <laughs> right. I know. It's so sad. Anyway. Um, but it was a co- great conversation. It's fun. And I can't wait to talk about 30 Days of Night. It's going to be a good one. It's a good one. All right. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Bye.